would I do without your smart mouth? Drawing me in and you kicking me. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another talk about sexuality, intimacy, and everything around it. <laughs> um, I'm here with Stein and his wife, Lechin. Hi. Hi, Natalia. Hi. You might know Stein already from our series on toxic masculinity, but this time we'll speak more about sexuality and intimacy. And in the first episode, we'll relate more to Stein and Lechin's personal experience. And uh, in the second one, we'll have that as a broader subject. Um, so how about let's start at the beginning. So how did you guys meet? At the University of Amsterdam. Yes, oh. at this location. <laughs> Representing <laughs> us. I yes. See. So um, how old were you both, if I may ask? Wow. Um, student of 98. So 22 years. Okay, I see. 22 years old. 22 years old when we met and uh, we hooked up as... Uh, sort of study partners and after a year of uh, making sweet love we decided to um, <laughs> make it for real <laughs> make it real okay i see and so then uh, did you move in together or well uh when i started my study i lived in tilburg okay another city within a very nice u university and uh, uh quite after we met stein you offered me your key to your house because yeah. I didn't live in Amsterdam. I see. That was a kind of a romantic gesture. Yeah, that was nice. That's sweet. That's yeah. Sweet. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I don't mean uh, to embarrass you guys. Uh, no, <laughs> it was really nice. But uh, I, I think back because uh, we both had other partners also. And one time I was sort of stressed out and then she gave me back the key. And then I had to oh. give the key back again. <laughs> we were outside and it was the first time we, f we figured out that there was actually something there that more than uh, I see and so when did you guys get married after that hmm. 2006 so after six years okay because once we got decided that we were into a um, steady relationship yeah we felt it was like for real and for a long time so we were not in a hurry to get married or to have children I see we just enjoyed ourselves and when did you have children after you got married? That was quite fast. We were married two times, uh, 2006 in Suriname, like a traditional wedding. Okay, I see. Um, yeah, the listeners don't see it, but I have this Asian color. <laughs> uh, I have a Surinamese-Indonesian uh, background. Okay, I see. And my family and Steiner's family went to Suriname to join my other family to have this big celebration with like almost 400 people that's crazy on our wedding yeah, yeah it was amazing <laughs> definitely and that was in 2006 but that's not like legal in the netherlands and then in 2007 we got married here in amsterdam at the city hall okay i see and after uh you got children did something i mean i assume a lot changed <laughs> but what changed in particular for both of you well, that uh, goes uh, very fast. Uh, what changed? Um, I don't know. What changed? I quit my job. That changed. Okay. So for a year, I stayed with the with the youngest one because I was a little bit stressed out and thinking about work instead of the kid. And so that was when your first. Do you have multiple children? Yeah, we have two boys. There's, so they're nine and eleven now. So when you had your first child, you just stayed the first year. 
with the child yeah, at Yeah, more or less. Yeah. And did you work with him? Yeah. Okay, um, I see. I got a lot of overtime. So I had um, long maternity leave. But as Stein was at home, I could leave my uh, newborn son safely <laughs> and in a loving environment at home. That's great. And yeah. that's quite unusual s- still today yeah. for the father to stay at home and for the mother to yeah. work. So yeah. how did that come about? Yeah, I don't know. I was raised by an uh, angry feminist, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I see. She's not angry. Um, and yeah, a father who uh, your father adores women. Yeah. But uh, so that's okay. But uh, yeah, uh, I was just working hard, and I was not with my head with the kids and uh, or with the kid and Legin. And uh, then Legin said, "Well, maybe you shouldn't work then." And I'm like, "Yeah, that's Please. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great." So, so that was a mutual decision, and you yeah. guys were both okay. Yeah, yeah, and I was okay with it. Um, but the side effect was that I turned into like working mom. Okay. Like a main income. And for me, um, related to sexuality, that caused that I was always like in busy mode. Okay. And for me and a lot of female friends, if they are in busy mode, they don't, they are, are not in the sensuality, I feel sexual mode. I see. Do you think maybe it's because of the pressure that was on you and you felt maybe... That that you needed to provide and you had you know s- more stress because it all depended on you from that moment. Uh, a little bit, but also more on the practical physical stuff. If I am doing stuff, I'm focused on that thing. Okay, I see. And there is this kind of low stress level that's always there on being busy, and uh, stress and sexuality is not like a good combination. No, for, yeah. 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 So being busy for me felt like, okay, this is what I'm doing now. Um, and along the way, it moved me into that mode, like being busy. I see. Yeah. And in the beginning, for me, it felt like, okay, I'm taking care of kids. I'm doing breastfeeding. So my body is more like a mother than like a sexual partner. Um but along the way, I was like, yeah, but I don't want to feel always only like a mother. I also want to be your lover. And what happened? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that came gradually over a couple of years, probably, right? That it came back? That it came gradually, that you started feeling the side effects of the fact that Stein stayed at home. Yeah, no, after a year I started working again, but then uh, after two years, uh, like uh, the, our second son uh, was born two years after the first. Okay. So then again, uh, she went into mother's mode, but it was a little bit different then. I remember that like the first time I didn't drink any breast, breast milk and with the second one, I was really eager on drinking it. So we, we were already <laughs> way more playing, playful sexually also then. Okay, I see. So... Uh, I remember that clearly because that is such a wonderful taste. It's a milky honey thing, but it's everyone should taste that sometimes. So this life. is after the second child that you started exploring more. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah being a, so. more easy about it, and also Lugin decided. Uh, I think 
12 seconds after the second one was born, that that was clearly enough. So um, the the mother part was sort of uh, ending, and then uh, maybe the mindset also could shift to uh, to lover's mode again easier. I see. So since the two main uh, topics we're approaching here is sexuality and intimacy, have you always been um, sexually, you know, explorative with each other or did that come around over the years? Hmm. Hmm. I think in the beginning we were quite explorative. We were very active. (laughs) And active. Yeah. 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 We were really uh, like, yeah, you in the middle of the night we could just call and then go to each other as uh, you could call me i could call you <laughs> after the bar is closed <laughs> and uh yeah we did some uh, went to the red light district to the to the show i remember that was amazing first we sat in the back of the show with uh, with all the people on stage uh, having, having sex and stuff and we drink and then then we we just stayed for the show to for the whole show again and then yeah we were just really playful with this sometimes a little bit outside also i've never been to these shows and the other day i was about to go with my friend how how is that because i really don't know well i just as i just mentioned in the beginning i was very shy okay because um i don't watch porn so if you see real life it's like oh whoa what is this uh, but if you're with somebody that's, if any feelings, if you're getting fired up <laughs> and you can develop the feeling, yeah, we moved from the back to the, in front. To the front. <laughs> and in the end we were just like, wow, uh. it was crazy. And then we left and I, I, I think then somewhere on the street, yeah, yeah. we were kind of... Uh, <laughs> yeah, just around the corner outside see, at the I Grand see. Hotel. It was really, we, really sweet. We had to release something. <laughs> yeah, I understand. But it's funny because when we were there, you don't feel the arousal. You just no. know, like, hey, these people are having a, a work fuck. It's, uh, what's going on? But somewhere it, uh, it sticks. I see. Yeah, so funny. you've always interesting. been quite explorative. But when did that become more of... How do I put this? Because for everyone, the boundaries are different and mm-hmm. the openness and, and you know, for you, maybe at that age, that wasn't so that wasn't so controversial, per se. Mm-hmm. But where was that point where you started breaking these boundaries more and opening yourselves more on your sexuality? Because I assume from 20s to being an older adult, it does change and the confidence and everything comes in, which probably opens a lot of doors. Mm -hmm. So how did that come about for you guys? I think it took a long while. Yeah, it took a long time, yeah. It took a long time. Uh, After the kids, um, intimacy and sexuality was kind of fixed patterns. It was okay. Definitely we were loving each other. But it was not that challenging, maybe. Okay. Um, Last year, I left for a month to New Zealand on my own. And Stein gave me the freedom to explore and experience whatever would happen, also sexually. And has that ever um, been the case before? No. Between you guys? No. 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 So... This was new. And it came up because um, last summer 
I mentioned, I had some strange period where I said no and I was doing kind of ugly towards time. And then I said, it feels like I'm in my puberty. Like being this kid that says no to his parents, doesn't matter what the parent asks or says, it's, it's, it's just like no. Yeah. No, I don't want this. No, I'm not going to listen. No, I'm not going to do this. And I felt this urge like, what is this? I, I was not familiar with it. And then I was thinking about it and I concluded like, okay, this must be like puberty. In my own puberty age, I was not that um, developing myself, I think, because I have been abused when I was 16. And after the abuse, I got on this automatic mode of sexuality on doing things. So before we tackle um, the subject of abuse, yeah. how um, so that started being a thing for you later on, as I understood. The puberty thing. No, I mean, um, okay, so with the subject of abuse, you said that it was, when we spoke about it earlier on, you said that this was not necessarily such a part of you until later on, or yeah. how did that uh, happen? Yeah. I ignored it for uh, like 20 years, so I didn't process and didn't tell and didn't share because I thought I was the only one. Okay. So we're going to talk on the side effects of uh, sexual abuse in another podcast um, but last year having this renewed puberty phase in myself uh, Stein concluded that if I'm in puberty then I have the, the, the sexual development will also follow and that was when he decided that okay then maybe this is the kind of safe space that if I leave to New Zealand that he would not be there and I could do whatever needed for myself and then I, after a month I would return to the Netherlands to return to him okay. and continue our relation. Just and that like, was uh, for a month you said you were going? That was for a month, Okay. yeah. I see. There's not that many beautiful people in New Zealand as it <laughs> turned out, so that was great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for you it was you easy. You weren't worried. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I see. So... Um, so that was just a year ago that you started, um, that that started becoming more of an issue. Uh, yeah. Uh, before that, I think in the years that I went up to this, we did, Lechine uh, did a lot of work on ourselves in the last seven years. So uh, meditation, yoga, con connecting to the body, but also the yoni egg. Um, what is the yoni egg? Hmm. Uh, the yoni egg is... Um, it's made of jade, the stone, and it's in the shape of an egg, small. and a, s a small egg. And as a woman, you insert it in your vagina, and then you can do all kind of exercises. Oh yeah, I think I heard about that. Energetically or physically with your muscles. Some people confuse it with Kegel uh, exercises, but it uh, increases your awareness and your feelings and your sensations in your vagina and area so I have explored all kind of things just to improve my intimacy and sexuality with myself and with time and the jade egg is from a Tao tradition already for like 4,000 years or something mm -hmm. 
And before that, we like that's the work she did by herself. And then she took me after a while to a couples retreat where there was also a lot of attention on intimacy and uh, massage and uh, uh, connection. And I think two years ago, we started going to Tantra festivals to see what that is. And we are, we're really shopping around so we don't settle down anywhere, but we are trying to inspire or learn and uh, take from there. Yeah, so kind of like an eclectic way. Yeah. We just go around and shop and see what so what is useful yeah. and what it helps so us. This can be an aesthetic dance or a biodanza or really a workshop or training or an evening. So you're full on explorative with everything yes, regarding so this was the result of work of inner work yes that lasted a couple of years yeah, yeah and so, so when did you share with stein the subject of abuse um seven years ago so that was quite difficult because we were already married then for a long time Mm -hmm. And we already got two children, and it became a big hassle for me to share. Um, but I was so good in suppressing it that it, I didn't even feel the big hassle, mm -hmm. because for me it was not existing. I see. And Would I you like to maybe elaborate on just the whole subject of your abuse? Um, yeah, I was 16, and it happened here in Amsterdam by, by like... Um, somebody who said who would help me. Um, how you call it? Like a hulpverlener? A medical a me sort of a... a like a healer. A healer. Oh, I see. And But what type of healer, if I may ask, was that for medical reasons or...? Traditional, yeah. Yeah, more like a traditional alternative healer. Okay, I understand. Yeah. And he has uh, kind of the same ethnical background as me. So I was very confused because I didn't understand why he would do this to me or with me. And in the beginning, I felt like I couldn't report it because it, for me, it felt like betrayal of my own people. And in my own family with my father, mother and sister, we didn't talk about sexuality at all. So I didn't feel like sexuality and abuse would be like something that we could dis discuss. So I didn't feel any support or safety to share that. And then I kept it with me for a long time. And so you never really shared it with anyone at that point? Not with any professional help. I mentioned it to a boyfriend two years later when I was 18. Uh, with him, I tried to make new positive imprints because he looked quite the opposite of uh, my rapist. Uh, my boyfriend, my ex-boyfriend, was almost two meters long and uh, white, Caucasian. So I could... Just divert from that. Yeah, and that helped me to develop in a positive way in sexuality despite the abuse. Um, and the yeah. process of repelling it, was it instant? As in, you just tried for a short amount of time after to repel it and then you kind of completely rejected it? Or was it also a gradual process that was coming back to you? 
No, I I can't remember exactly, but I was I just put a lid on it and it was gone. Yeah, it wasn't really gone, of course. So like in our intimacy, there was maybe talk late, but how I sort of felt that there's like this invisible wall you have to go through, and then the sexuality is there. I I visualized there's a bridge, like my sexuality and who I am, and is one island or one land. It felt like there's this bridge, and if you got her over the bridge, she's all open, free, and sexual. But there's another place than where you are, so she really ne- needs to be taken there or go there um, to feel safe in the sexuality. And that, that for me, was strange that there was this divide in the two. Like, she, she didn't fantasize about sex. She didn't, after you had sex, she didn't think about it. Like, okay. Um, right? So so that was before you told Stein and afterwards did that change? Did you connect? When did you start connecting more with your sexuality and facing as well? That, that well, after my event? disclosure, we definitely cried a lot <laughs> in that night um, because of the pain and the sadness of the situation, but also because of the relief that this thing that was in between us was not only the responsibility of Stein. So there was something that we could work on. And that's what we did, like the past years, gradually. And that was that was the start of the opening. Yeah, of opening of being honest, because with my ethnic be- cultural background, we don't share that much on emotions. And you don't share like your individual desires or longings. It's more, we have the society that talks more from um, the society. Common common good. Yeah. So that was quite interesting to talk about my individual and personal perspectives. I see. And Stein was really challenging me, and but not challenging aggressively, but inviting me to, to do that. So... What pushed you really to 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 face that with Stein? Was that a gradual build-up, or was there maybe an event that uh, was a catalyst towards that, you know, disclosure? Well, I I wanted to be more intimate, like, and Lechin thought it was that I wanted to have more sex, and okay. I tried to explain that I want to be more intimate, and this disconnect we just didn't seem we did. We, it seemed like we spoke a different language then. Yeah. And then I think after two years, and I was really getting, I think, sort of half depressed. And I was also exhausted. Exhausted. Yeah. If you look at the pictures from that summer, I was just. Um, and then I said, I don't know. I think I give up, but I will stay with you. But on the intimate part, I just. I gave up. And, uh, and then she said, I don't know if it has anything to do with it, but uh, maybe I need to share something. And she started going to AMDR uh, a year before, so she was already working on it for a year. But I think still with the idea, like, I solved this by myself, I'm not going to put this on stand. Yeah. But that night, apparently, me just giving security and and responsibility back was was the trigger or yeah, the definitely 
It gave me like a safe environment, a safe container to share what was there to be shared. And before that, I was not feeling the impact. I didn't see your grief and pain and sadness as a result of my ignoring my past. I see. And so that was definitely something that was between you guys. And that was the moment where you started getting more intimate. Yeah. Yeah. And so how did that, intim- because we spoke more about sexuality, although they are subjects that are very um, related, but so how was that more on the intimacy part from that moment onwards until now? Do you feel like closeness-wise and maybe honesty, how did that work out for you? How connected do you feel now versus before that or throughout that process? Um Well, it turns out that uh, there's a lot to work on. So I think openness has sort of the tendency to provoke more openness and show more things you need to work on. So it's uh, like it's highs and lows, but uh, we are very open and it in a way it also feels safe enough to be that open, even though... Uh, still find it hard but we we just go there we just go there because we have seen if we don't go there we are stuck okay and if you're stuck and you continue you turn into i don't know robot or something well not a desirable situation and by living and opening and sharing yeah it opens more levels to Uh, development yeah. yeah and it's also like also for me with i do have a history with a lot of porn and a lot of fantasizing and it also takes me away from who i am and connecting to the people around me and i think that with us uh, connecting sexually that it's just yeah we or i at least and i think both we realize how integrated it is with life it's just not an act uh, it's something you do it's something you are or that 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 forms you or so it's still we're still looking for what it really is in our lives and what place it should have but i feel that it is uh, that it's uh, important and it's defines us and the way we deal with each other and our surroundings and how we raise the kids And it's very sensitive, and it uh, it touches on all your fears and your insecurities, and uh, it's a great gateway to go there because it is loving, and uh, from that love you can then show your pain or and share together. So the pain is like yeah. half, and not like a burden. And just what you mentioned by opening us towards each other, we like to inspire our kids as well because I have this ethnical background where you don't talk that much about your own emotions, feelings mm -hmm. in a world and we would like to have our kids to share with us what's happening So how on the same page are you with this? Because um, coming from such different backgrounds mm -hmm. 
uh, is there maybe clashes regarding um, how you approach sexual education with your children maybe and is there anything you disagree on or that maybe the fact you're coming from these different backgrounds did that affect maybe your approach towards that regarding just your children not your sexuality between each other so the way you think you would like to educate your children I, I mean think I'm, we towards the children and towards each other there's this rule that one if one of the parents says that that's the way it goes and the children are there that's the way it goes so in this sense we respect each other and you can talk about it later or you know they're a little bit older so you can sort of negotiate we try to make one line but yeah together. and that means that sometimes it's more her line and sometimes more my line but we res- respect each other in this Uh, sexually, yeah, I don't think uh, it's two boys, so maybe I talk with them a little bit more about it. How old are your children? Eleven and nine. So the the one who's eleven, we shared the abuse about half a year ago. Okay. And the nine, we did it a little bit more in broader terms, but uh, because it's important that they know that this this ghost is in in the house or this this past so it's i feel for a long time i found it really hard not to share it because we are emotional and it is taking a toll and they don't know it so it's i think that for me it was a hard to not share it so i'm really happy that it's out there so they understand that that it's not them if uh, um yeah I, I, one thing i uh, i uh, sometimes i buy the playboy for the articles I really like that and then um, I put them all at the uh, toilet like with all the comic books and other stuff and then Legine said the other day that she would maybe like me to take it away now the boys get older but for me yeah I always worshipped like when I was a kid I worshipped these beautiful women who shared their beauty with me and I was always stealing the playboy from my father and being very secretive about it So for me, it's like, no, I, I would like to have it there for if they're curious. There's we, no shame. There's no shame. Yeah. And we can talk about it like a woman is not an object and this is not. But they are beautiful creatures and you are, if you connect to them. That, uh, so so I see that you're you are quite open about sexuality with your children. But what type of considerations did you have, for example, for speaking about abuse with your older son? Because some people may consider 11 still quite early for the subject of sexuality. Yes. I didn't, so didn't share uh, literally what happened. Uh, Stein had the conversation first. And then I had a conversation with my son about taking care of himself. So he didn't have to worry about me. Okay. Like he would be like, extra gentle taking care of me because this happened. I don't want him to take care of me like that. So, so what that's what, 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 what I explained. So what part of it did you explain exactly? Um, I don't know exactly, but usually you just break it down to things that relate. So what happened is that someone just crossed the borders and touched her in ways that she didn't want to, but she didn't find the right words and she didn't dare to go against it and it that is still hurting her uh, that is still in her body and she needs to also take control of her body because it was stolen from her and it yeah. your body is 
is yours. And if someone takes that, that is real. So it's more like in this sense than... And you ask, okay, if you have questions, ask me. And then I, he asked me some questions and you just give him answers to the amount of details he wants. But I think both of our kids, they know where their borders are, th mm -hmm. so they don't over-ask. I see. So and like what this. pushed you to tell them? Um, I work on a lot of uh, comics about sexual abuse, so it's it's visible and they know about the impact. Um, we've been in a trial uh, for a couple of years now against the perpetrator, so that is also sometimes we he had to go to court and uh, uh, and yeah, as I said, I felt that it impacted our lives in such a way that, like my parents, they, my mother, she didn't really involve me in the the big things that went around me, and I felt there was a lot of stuff going on, and I thought it probably be me mm -hmm. and if if it was up to me i think i would have told him many years ago but uh, Legine felt that it was not what it she wanted so yeah. so we waited and right now he's like such a smart boy like <laughs> he was ready to uh, to hear this and uh and I also sometimes I talk about it again. I say, okay, uh, you still remember the talk? Uh, do you want any other questions? And, uh, or you give them an update so that it can just be that this this pain and this this thing that happened, you don't have to be ashamed for it because it is like actually it has very little to do with Lehine. It's it's this person who did this with her, but it's not her. It's not she's not she doesn't have to be ashamed or or. The shame's supposed to be somewhere else, and by not talking about it, it feels also a little bit like, ooh, it's, yeah. it's her, it's something with her, and I don't want that. I understand, yeah. Um, so maybe for another time? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I see this uh, definitely impacted both of your sexualities and intimacy together, but at the end of the day, it did allow you to open yourselves more yeah and and sex it's it's very difficult and it's a lot of work but it's also just a lot of fun so it's also yeah it should be fun yeah it is yeah, yeah it should be so fun so works. before we we wrap it up for this episode i want to ask you so what are maybe sexual things you did together that you thought you would never do or you know the ones mm. that where you had to break a certain <laughs> boundary if you would like to share that as a treat for the end of episode? Well, in our first year, when we were students, okay. and uh, I was new into Amsterdam, uh, and Stein was born in Amsterdam, he showed me, like, every place here in Amsterdam. And I really love this personal guide, <laughs> of course. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and during nighttime, we had this kind of uh, hobby that we climbed up on buildings that were in construction, you know, the stairs <laughs> that you take up? The dangerous stairs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Where the working people used to yeah, go yeah, yeah, upper. Yeah. And uh, the film academy was by then being built or in renovation. I don't know. But uh, at the Meesterfisserplein, behind the Waterloo Plain. Yeah. So we went up there with, 
afterwards I was like concluding, uh, oh no, all the lights mm. are also <laughs> showing up. But, uh, <laughs> when we were climbing up, I was not uh, uh, <laughs> men- mentioning that. And then we went up and we made love on top of the... Overlooking all the cars. Uh, all the traffic traffic. and uh, feeling on top of the world when we were young. I see. That is an interesting hobby. Yeah. And and we had... uh, (laughs) What I love, we really climbed the highest point of the the Nemo. So really, it looks like a ship. And then all the way at at the top, we had had sex. On the roof. And then also later, if you also if you look at it, you go like, "Wow, that is extremely visible from everywhere." <laughs> <laughs> and but the, the the most beautiful thing was my wife doesn't drink, but we, we were with a friend at the museum plane, and we had a whole lot of vodka, just way too much. <laughs> and we walked back, and we lived on the other side of the Fondel Park, and then we saw the Fondel statue, and went like, "That's a great place to have sex on." <laughs> so we were on the Fondel the statue having sex, and then there was this guy with a with a dog. We're walking by, and I was like, oh, it's just <laughs> oh, so in plain view. And she's still going like, yeah, but there were trees in front of it, right? And it no. was dark. <laughs> it was dark, right? It was dark. I'm sure nobody really saw it. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I see. It's wonderful to be young. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you guys, listeners, keep, keep enjoying it. Yeah. yeah. And well, explore. Now it's quite cold outside, yeah. so I think we'll keep it for May. <laughs> but on that sweet note, we'll end this episode. Thank you so much for coming in yeah. and sharing your story, Ihan. Really, I think you know it's it's very brave of you, and I think it's very important for other people as well to know and to raise awareness about these type of subjects. Um, and yeah, we'll be here for the next episode where we'll be further discussing these subjects in maybe more general way. So stay tuned and thank you for listening. Thank you, Natalia. I needed to help.